Hi, and welcome to Think Well, Think Better, Living Well with MS, a podcast for and about people living their lives with multiple sclerosis. This is episode two, entitled MS, My Story. Everyone has a story, this one's mine. This episode will be an exploration of how my recent diagnosis with MS changed the course of my life, which on its own should have been enough. It just happened to be during one of the most confusing times in human history. (laughs) Uh, And we will touch on that. And the timing of the diagnosis plays into my story a lot, insofar as the change and modifications that is required of me as a result of it. I'd also like to dive, uh, dive into what exactly MS is. Truth be told, when I was diagnosed, I did not know much about MS other than what it stood for. Um, I learned quick, and I learned a lot, and I'm here to share what I know with anyone out there listening. Also, I would like to learn more as well, so I'm always looking for feedback and contact from anyone who wants to reach out with their story to share. I'd like to touch on how MS came to be, how I faced the acceptance of the diagnosis, and how eventually I'm turning this obstacle into a great opportunity. It bears noting that this is an unscripted conversation I'm having, although I do have notes in front of me to stay on track, uh, which I find necessary in my current run with MS uh, as far as the mental fatigue that this disease weighs on me, I oftentimes lose myself in the middle of a sentence. I do stammer, I do stutter, and oftentimes my words get slurred. I assure you I am sober. (laughs) I have a cup of coffee in front of me. One of the biggest obstacles I have faced is the changes in cognitive behavior and speech patterns and the speech pathology. Uh, This is a topic for another episode that I'm planning in the future, but I would like to touch on it uh, just before we move on to the story. This is the beginning of me stepping into something brand new, a brand new realm of podcasting, of sharing my story, of feeling exposed and open. It's uncharacteristic of the version that I was prior to my diagnosis. And this is part of my healing. I've never been a particularly open person, uh, which at times has caused some issues with personal relationships. But who doesn't have a thing that they're not exactly proud of these days? Uh, I'm aware of it. I'm working at it and working on it. And this is a step in that right direction of fixing. Uh, uh, Someone close to me recently just said, I can't believe you're thinking about doing a podcast and talking about your personal private health history. And I said, well, of course I would. I, I I like talking about it. I, I like sharing and, and helping others get past their problems. 
And she said, yeah, but in the past, you didn't even like anyone knowing that you had a medical history, let alone what it is. (laughs) That's true. That's absolutely true. Uh, But people change, and time changes, and time changes people. And sometimes events change people. So I'd like to jump into a time machine, if you'll follow me. Uh, It's not the most glamorous period of time in history, but I'd like to hit a button and send us back to March of 2020. Can you remember what you were doing in late March of 2020? (laughs) Well... Uh, The news kept talking about this virus coming out of China that was spreading across the globe and it had hit Italy. Uh, Italy was now in a shutdown, lockdown type situation. Uh, Residents were asked to stay in their homes uh, to uh, reduce the spread of this disease until scientists could get their brains wrapped around it. It was a chaotic time globally. Um, And... In my own life, I wasn't doing great. Uh, But I was pressing on uh, because for the last 20 some odd years, I was working my job, uh, doing what I had to do just to get by. I was happy, I thought. I thought I was happy. I told myself I was happy. I wasn't particularly happy. Uh, But I didn't have the wherewithal, honestly, to know where to start looking to not feel that way. Uh, Sometimes life gets like that. It just stagnates on top of you. Responsibilities, obligations, they start to stack up. And if you've ever been in a situation like that, you'll know. You, You just feel trapped. Well, I was trapped. I was trapped. I was trapped inside my house, (laughs) like everyone else. Uh, Except for the time I got to leave the house. Uh, See, what happened was I woke up one day and I had uh, terrible pain in my neck, Uh, excruciating pain. Uh, And I thought I just slept on it wrong and I wrote it off as as just that. And I moved about my day. Uh, About a week later, the pain was very severe and was starting to encroach uh, into my left shoulder and down to my left arm. Uh, I noticed I was dropping things. Uh, I could not keep the weight of my own arm supported by itself. I had to make a makeshift sling using a shirt uh, just to get around the house or shove my hand in a pocket to uh, let gravity take a break for a minute. Uh, It was at this point the stubborn male in me decided that maybe, just maybe, uh, I should call my doctor. Uh, So I did, and he took a look at me and said, let's put you in an MRI machine and figure out what the hell's going on with your your neck and shoulder. And I get a phone call a day later, and he tells me that, good news, (laughs) I have a herniated disc in my neck. It was pinching off a nerve. That nerve was not getting its signal, it was making my hand go numb, and uh, honestly, as soon as I turned my head to the right a little bit and opened that that disc up, uh, the, the pain stopped. Um, and then informed me that there's in fact two herniated discs in my neck, and that's going to be that. Now, that should be jarring enough, but to clue you in on a deeper 
medical history. Uh, I've had dealt with disc and back problems for the majority of my adult life. Um, I have herniated discs in my lower back, and I was always in some kind of discomfort or pain uh, throughout my life. Uh, so this was really just two more discs, total of six, uh, up and down my spine, and um, you know, who doesn't have a bad back? It, it's not a big deal. I work through it. Part of my job requires me hunching over, and it just is what it is. Um, so I felt actual relief during that phone call when he told me that it was just a herniated disc in my neck because I knew I could go through uh, physical therapy, um, go through emotions that similar to what I've done with my back, and I could be on the mend in no time flat. Uh, so that joy and glee dissipated quickly when I was trying to get off the phone and my doctor said, well, but hang on a minute. Um, I want to talk to you about something. And I said, what are we talking about? And he said, well, we found something on your scans and I just want to do some more tests and rule this out uh, if it is and uh, find out if it isn't. And I said, well, what is it? And he said, "It's there's marks uh, along your spine that are consistent with multiple sclerosis. And then he asked me if I knew what multiple sclerosis was. And I said, honestly, the only thing that I know about it is that the fictitious president, Bartlett, on the TV show West Wing had MS and it was written into the plot. And that's kind of all I knew about it. And he just sort of politely scoffed at my ignorance and proceeded to give me a quick breakdown of what it could be. But he said, it, it's likely to be an overread. Um, I don't want you to worry about it, he told me. He said, just go in, we're going to do a full thoracic scan, a full brain scan, and we'll know. So I go in for my second MRI in as many weeks, and as I'm waiting for those reports to come back and be sent to a neurologist, uh, they had also sent me to get a spinal tap or a lumbar puncture, um, which sounds terrible and honestly isn't that bad. Uh, maybe I just have a really good doctor. I was awake for it, felt a needle, um, and then that was it. Um, so not a big deal as far as I'm concerned with that. Um, that was all late, late March, 2020. So around the same time, COVID starts rolling in and we're told that we need to leave our work shutter up the windows and go home and let's see what happens. Let's wait this out. And there was this communal sense to me about that because it wasn't, I wasn't working. No one was working or at least no one I knew. Um, and I went home and I lived in a relatively sparsely furnished apartment. Uh, still working in a pre-pandemic kind of mode because I didn't know what a pandemic was but I was about to experience one and I sat in my room for about two weeks and I had a scheduled appointment on April 7th of 2020 and it was the first time I had left the house in about a week COVID was so new that in fact I didn't have a mask not many people had masks but they were asking if you leave the house and go into a store, you should have a face covering. 
Now, I don't work in a medical profession, so I don't have face masks laying around, but I did watch a video on YouTube on how you can take an, a pillowcase and fold it up real neatly with some hair ties and tuck them behind your ears and have a face covering. And I did that. And pillowcases, in case you're not familiar, are really, really thick when you fold them a couple times. So it wasn't a face covering, it was a, sm a face smothering. Uh, but here I am. I'm in a uh, cold, you know, uh, clinical doctor's office, uh, and he walks in with his normal mask, and I have this ridiculous pillowcase thing in front of me. And my doctor just bluntly looks at me and says, we're going to have a conversation. And I knew it. I knew what it was. Uh, I'd be lying if I told you that I didn't mentally prepare myself for this in the in case and I'm glad I did it wasn't a shock um, but he said something very bluntly to me uh, which I respect him for it um, I know doctors sometimes get a bad knock for not having good bedside manner um, but if you're going to give someone news just give it to them straight and he said the readings on your reports, uh, coupled with your the results of the lumbar puncture, and the fact that with blood work we've ruled everything else out, it's consistent with relapsing, remitting multiple sclerosis. Uh, and at that point, all I heard was a high-pitched din in my ear, and I stared at a fluorescent ceiling light as he droned on for what seemed eternity. I I recall nothing else after that from that appointment other than him saying you did nothing to get this and there's nothing you can do to get rid of it. Uh, that was heavy. That was a heavy moment. Um, it's consistent with a analogy I have of being a, a, a freight train and you're just speeding down some tracks and everything's going fine and when your wheels start squeaking <laughs> and uh, you take it in and you, you drive it under some, some train depot and they have this giant x-ray machine and they, they say, oh, the problem with the squeak is you need oil and, uh, oh, but by the way there's, there's a hobo living in some one of your freight cars and uh, he doesn't belong there and I say, oh, let's get rid of him. They say, nah, he's, he's there. He's, you can't get rid of him. He's just like a weird vagabond on a train. And I say, okay, what does he do? And he's like, not normally nothing. Um, but sometimes he just throws raging parties and weird orgies and just kind of fucks up your train for a couple days. And I go, yeah, okay. And that's the analogy that I, I use sometimes to explain to people what this is. Um, not a death sentence. Uh, it's just a life-altering diagnosis. And for me, that's been one of the greatest things for me. Um, because maybe my life did need to be altered. Uh, suddenly, I, you know, I drove home that day from that appointment, and uh, there were no cars on the street. Because again, this is the very beginning of COVID. There weren't people out. I didn't have the normal safety valves that I might have had 
had it been a month earlier, um, I couldn't go to work and just forget about this. I couldn't go hang out with friends. I couldn't sit in a bar and drink myself to oblivion. I couldn't go to the movies or walk around a store. And no one was there. No, no one was there. Uh, not because they wouldn't be there, but because they couldn't be there. And I didn't know how to pick up a phone and text a close friend, hey, I have MS, I don't know what to do, I'm freaking out, because what could they do? They weren't allowed to come over and visit, or I to their house. And it felt so strange to be so isolated. I felt isolated from the entire world, while the entire world was isolated from itself. It was a very surreal moment in my life. And it sounds strange to say out loud, but... I wouldn't do it any other way. I wouldn't have it happen at any other time in my life. So when I speak of it intrinsically, COVID and MS are the same thing to me. Uh, I don't have an MS story. I don't have a COVID story. I just have my story. For what it's worth, a week after that appointment, I quietly and alone celebrated my 43rd birthday. So, what does one do with this story? Well, I wanted to share it because it's why I'm here talking into the microphone right now. If it was not for MS and that diagnosis, I would not be in the place I'm in right now. And I'm grateful for that. I spent a long time, and still do, in quiet, stillness, contemplation, and reflection. But not anxiety, because I don't have to second-guess a decision I ever made because it merited a result. This is not, if I turned left, would I have MS? If I turned right, would I have... No, I didn't do anything. I just got MS. (laughs) I got a disease that they don't know why people get it. It's uh, believed that something triggers the immune system to attack the central nervous system. But doctors don't know. They don't know who gets it, why they get it. There's a lot of information out there, which we will cover in a future episode. Uh, where we drill down a little bit more into the medical scientific nitty-gritty of what MS is. Um, But there is no cure, and that hobo is going to ride with me until the train makes its final stop. I've accepted that. The thing that is harder to accept is the unpredictability of this disease. There is a myriad of symptoms... um, They don't affect everybody, and they don't affect everyone the same way. Someone might have one, maybe two symptoms. Someone might have more. 
every time there's a relapse, there's the risk of not only angering the existing symptoms, but developing a new one. Some of those are numbness, tingling, mood changes, memory problems, pain, fatigue, blindness, and even paralysis. So a misconception that I've come across in the past two and a half years is, oh, you have MS, but you're not in a wheelchair. (laughs) It's not an automatic thing. Um, I may never have to sit in a wheelchair. I may have to. I don't know. But right now I don't, and I'm grateful for that. There's been a tremendous shift in my life since April of 2020. And far too much for me to recall and and tell you about in one episode, let alone in a million episodes. Because every day I find out something new, something new and exciting about myself, something that has been buried deep inside of me. And it's just coming out through a creative flow and a creative outlet that I I find myself in Um, and at times it's very scary Uh, it's it's hard to try to talk to somebody who doesn't have MS who maybe wants to understand but just can't and it's not their fault and I wouldn't expect anyone to fully understand it uh, if I can't even fully understand it So I put myself on a mission where I wanted to understand it to the point that I can communicate in a clear and precise manner to somebody. And the way my brain works is I use a lot of analogies and metaphors like the hobo uh, to help illustrate kind of what we're going through. So if you're listening and you like what you're hearing, you're going to hear a lot of metaphors, analogies, parables, things of that nature. Uh, This is how I speak. This is how I communicate. And this is how I tell my story. MS is called the invisible illness uh, because These symptoms, most most symptoms, I should say, uh, don't present on the outside of the body. Uh, sure, if you're limping or in a wheelchair, you need of a, a, a walking aid or a mobility aid. Uh, of course, um, someone might look at you and say, that person has something. Uh, but numbness, tingling, mood changes, uh, pain, fatigue... Fatigue's a big one for me. Uh, You know, you you don't wear a shirt that says I'm feeling pain. Uh, You just, it's there. Maybe it lasts all day. Maybe it lasts for weeks. Uh, If it's lasting for weeks, you're calling your neurologist at that point. Uh, But it comes and goes. And and, and it's hard to differentiate the two uh, because as I mentioned before, I've always felt never really comfortable in my own body and I thought it was just because of the back issues. So I've had a lot of time to sit and reflect and roll back the film of my life 
and pinpoint certain moments where I felt off and blamed it on something else. Uh, Oh, I don't feel right. It must be my back is bothering me and it's psychosomatic of something else. If you're not looking for MS, you're not thinking for MS, why would you attribute back pain to MS when doctors tell you you have herniated discs in your back? Of course. Uh, And that is not a knock on my doctors, not at all. It's just we work with the information that we have when we have it. Uh, And I didn't have any information on MS at that time. Uh, But boy, did I learn a lot. So April and May of 2020 in particular, uh, they were spent holed up in uh, my apartment. Um, and I, I bounced between watching the news with the terrible death clock ticker in the corner. Uh, I just needed to know what was happening in the world outside of me. Uh, what, what is COVID? What is, what, what is going on? Uh, why are their bodies stacked up in awful refrigerator cars outside and it was an awful terrible scene and internally I was googling things like what the hell is MS (laughs) so you can imagine after a few weeks of that I was burned out I didn't have anywhere to turn to and uh, the things I was turning to were depressing and miserable and in my quest to learn about stuff I was being consumed with negative information. I, I, it dawned on me one day and I said, no more. I, I can, I'm going to have MS for the rest of my life. I have a long time to learn about it. I don't need to learn about it in the first six weeks. So I put it all aside and accepted the situation for what it was, which surprisingly came very quickly to me. And I wish I could tell you some sort of magic spell I use to just poof, Make it all make sense to me. Um, It doesn't, even to this day, make sense to me. But I do accept it. It's a part of me. And I don't fight it. I don't fight my left hand with my right hand. So why would I fight a part of me with myself? That hobo on the train... uh, Look, we're not best friends. um, But we get along. We (laughs) We have an agreement. If you're going to start acting foolish, I tell him, give me a little heads up so I can plan my day around it. That's all. Uh, but I don't let I don't let it slow down the train. Um, sometimes I move a little slow. Uh, sometimes I don't move very far. But I keep moving forward every day. So this podcast is part of me moving forward. I don't know where my tracks are headed. But I know that the station's behind me way back there. 2020, 2021, and the first three quarters of 2022. They're all behind me. And every road sign I passed, and every tree I passed, and every train depot I passed, and some I stopped in, they're all part of this amazing legacy that I'm building. This new version of me. This more aware, more well-rounded, more more complete version of me. And it's strange to think that I needed to get sick in order to start 
to get well. And that's why I'm here. Um, Not only to raise awareness for MS, so that if someone finds themselves in a position where they have a doctor telling them they have MS, uh, it won't be as such a surprise as to what it is, um, and maybe they could get a little bit of a head start on on their healing. Uh, But the awareness aside, the more... I try to silence the voice inside me that tells me that I was given MS to help others. The more I try to silence that voice, the louder it gets. And through trying to wish it away and trying to distract myself with other things, I keep hearing that voice. And it's brought me to talking into a microphone to a podcast audience of, I don't know, you. (laughs) I'm going to get better at this. I'm going to learn some tricks and and editing nifty things uh, and make this a show that uh, is comprehensive. Uh, I'm going to get a better microphone. But I was committed to starting this. And that's a huge thing, to start. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be a masterpiece. But just get started. Get some momentum. And push forward. And that idea is carried out not through just podcasting, but everything in my life. Uh... It would not be too far out of the realm of normalcy to, to point out that I, I I went through a tremendous shift, a change, a transformational period in my life. So much that the person who sat on the phone with his doctor in March of 2020, I don't recognize that guy anymore. <laughs> and... That's not just me saying that. I had the great opportunity to uh, visit with a friend the other, just the other day, uh, a friend from high school, so I've known for 30, 35 years, and she said, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, Tom, but you're a different person. <laughs> and I said, yeah, well, I hope so. Uh, you know, when you walk through what I walk through, um, you're going to come out with some scars. And I do have scars. I have scars on my brain. I have 31 of them. 31 lesions on my brain, which are great if you're opening up an ice cream stand and you need a bunch of flavors, but not ideal for scars and lesions on your brain. Um, And as much as I tried to fight not letting MS become an identity for me, the more I realize acceptance is allowing it to be. I could not make a podcast and that would be fine. But who would I help by not making it? If a podcast was out like this in March of 2020, in in spring of 2020, maybe I would have been in a slightly better place for having had it. So that's my goal. 
Uh, my goal is to help others, is to build a community here, is to reach out, make connections. Uh, I really feel passionate about helping people not only work through whatever difficulties they might be experiencing with a recent diagnosis of MS or people who've had it for a long time still deal with oftentimes new symptoms showing up. Uh, I don't claim to be an MS expert. I'm not a doctor. Uh, For the last 22 years of my life, in fact, I was a tattoo artist. Uh, And that is an area that I'm hoping to discuss in a future episode in that the changes in career and how one works with MS um, differs greatly, but matters. Um, It affects every aspect of your life. It affects personal relationships. It it affects how you view the world. It it affects how you walk through this world. And this is my opportunity to take what I have learned and just give it to the world. Much in the same way as the gift of MS was given to me. I hope that in future episodes we can communicate more with each other. I've set up an email account at thinkwellthinkbetter at gmail.com and anyone is welcome to email and offer advice, stories, share their experience, show ideas. It's all open. This is a open thing, open source. Exciting moment in my life. You could probably hear in my voice, to be honest, a little nervous, a little choked up. But I know with repetition, I will get better. I will get better and I will get better. At the end of the day, what really matters to me is to be aligned with my faith, my beliefs, my love, and my compassion for myself and for the people around me who I care about. And in other words, you could say it's my inner peace. I've walked through hell, I've been burned, I've been scorched, and I've been kicked in the face a lot, (laughs) both by life and by this disease. One time, I thought about not keep, not, not, not moving forward. One time. One time I thought about that. One time I thought about... Simply, what would it be like if I didn't wake up the next day and was in pain? But I'm fortunate to have had the experience where I watched a sunrise and something just clicked in me. It wasn't my time. It wasn't my time for that yet. And suddenly everything else in my life just didn't matter as much. The little things, you know, don't matter as much when you have bigger things to attach yourself to, which is my purpose. 
And I know everyone's looking for their purpose in life. I mean, why are we here? (laughs) It's a deep philosophical question. Why are we here? Um, Why, why did I, why do I have MS? Um, I don't know. I don't know. No one can tell me that. And I had to get really okay with not knowing that uh, pretty quick if I was going to move on. I just had to eat that shit sandwich. That was it. But I refused to just lay down with it. I was not going to be a victim of this. I was not going to just wallow in my own misery. Which... When you turn on the news at that time, look outside your window. What's going on? Bodies are stacking up in the streets. Uh, Doctors and nurses are wearing trash bags and scuba masks. This is not a referendum on the underpreparedness of the United States for this at all. I don't want to touch on that. But the point is... I was just told, hey, you have to live your life a little differently because you got this thing. And uh, it's not going to kill you. It'll die with you, but it's not going to kill you. And I'm to sit there and wallow and be a miserable prick while bodies are stacking up outside? I don't, I don't think so. That didn't sit right with me at all. So I knew I had to do something. I had to have a purpose. I had to have a reason that was bigger than myself. It had to be bigger than me bigger than MS and it had to help it has to help people I want it to help people and if I don't it's because I didn't do it well enough and I'll keep trying until I do and that is as raw as authentic as I could get today <laughs> I went a bit off script but I want to thank you for listening And until the next episode, friends, make today the best day 